Everyday Lido Shuffling. This week on the Story Song Podcast. Now hear the tale and all its glory. Three friends who took inventory All the songs that tell a story. It's the Story Song Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode on this show, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, we're talking about Lidl, Lido Shuffle. Not Lidl. Not, no, not not weird European supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everyone has those, but they're <laughs> taking over this part Take of the country. Take stuff out of the boxes. Like Are a they fungus. The ones? No, that's that's the other one. That might be... Aldi? It doesn't matter. It might be Aldi. Doesn't matter. Not a sponsor. Um, so, uh, this is Lido Shuffle. By Boz Skanks. First of all, the only one of those things that was an actual word is shuffle. Yeah. Shuffle. Weirdly, shuffle is the most normal name out of the four words. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> that I just said. Yes. But yeah, uh, this is Lido Shuffle. And um, Michael, you picked this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hit you up in a second. But so I obviously knew this song. And had always like got little snatches of the lyrics, you know, but never like listened all that closely. Listening to it tonight, it feels like if you've ever watched a movie where it's like there's like a bunch of criminals and like, you know, it's like a noir or whatever, or like a modern noir and like a bunch of criminal stuff's going on. And I like usually like the two thirds of the way mark, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm liking the movie, (laughs) but I don't understand who's double crossing who and who's doing what. And there's always like, the thing with like crime movies is a lot of times like like I, this could look like a crazy example, but just stick with it. Like so, let's say like there's a mob boss, right? And then a guy steals like forty grand from the mob boss, right? And then the mob boss is like, "We're gonna get the guy to get the money back." And then I'm watching the movie and everything that happens, and I'm like, "People are getting killed," mm-hmm. and like all, the, and it's like you probably spent like a million dollars trying to get your forty grand back. You're a criminal. Why don't you just go steal another forty grand? Like, why are you so <laughs> obsessed with this particular Use forty grand? Skills. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's but that's my point. Where it's it's one of, this feels like one of those things where like clearly Lido's doing something. He seems like he's maybe running some kind of scam or maybe he's running drugs. I don't know, but I'm I love it. I'm enjoying it. I don't want to take this uh, as a criticism because it's one of those things where like I don't think I think it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day. I don't really know what's going on other than it seems like something shady is happening. Does that, is that your impression, Michael? Uh, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just, there's a, a, a lot happening. And I think at least my impression is that it's happening over a long period of time. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I we'll, may we'll be wrong. I may that. be right. We'll, we'll figure it out and then we'll make stuff up. Okay, great. Good, good. good. The other thing I was going to say is just that, so this is uh, Boss Gags, and so my relationship with, so th- this, this kind of falls into what some people might call like a yacht rock kind of thing, and so my relationship with this is like, always, so first of all, like when I was younger, it's like these are songs that are just sort of around, they were, they were before our time, mm-hmm. but they were still like kind of in the ether, you'd hear them, whatever, and I, and I was sort of, and then I got older, and I started like really following music, and, and, like, and then I, was, I would make fun of songs like this. I was like these old, weird like that, like late 70s, like soft rock. We didn't call it, you know, Yacht Rock, the term didn't, but like the sort of weird soft rock stuff exists. Kind of more time went by and like the Yacht Rock show came out and then I got really into like kind of learning about this music and stuff. Still, ironically, but mm-hmm. like was really interested. 
And then at some point, the dam just broke where I was just like, man, this is good. This is a good <laughs> song. Yeah, there's no yeah, irony. Super catchy. You just, <laughs> but you just get, I don't know, I don't know if you just, if it just wears you down or you just get old enough where if a switch just flips and you're like, you know, it was great, Boss Gags, the guy that I made fun of for 20 years. <laughs> now I'm super into it. Gotta love the boss. I think there comes a time where you, you kind of realize liking something ironically, I think that's almost like a, um, I don't know, something that you put on it on a personal level, like, oh, I like this, but it's ironic. Right. You, you like it. That's the point. I think, yeah, I think it's hard to, I think, I think like it ironically, the key word in there is like, mm -hmm. meaning yes. like you can, you can take off the ironically if you want. It's right. just like you liked it. Um, you just liked it ironically. So, so again, it's that the taking the ironic part off later is easier and just be like, actually, I just like it because yeah. you couldn't listen to it a million times. Ironically, if you didn't, there wasn't at least some part of you that was mm -hmm. enjoying the song originally. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Dan, when you when you were saying earlier uh, your relationship with the song, I thought mm -hmm. you were going to say your relationship with Boz Skaggs and be like, Me so too. Uncle Boz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't see him every Thanksgiving, but like every <laughs> third Thanksgiving he comes by. I mean, you guys are joking, but yes, he would. Obviously, he would, you know, he was a busy man. Yeah. He was on tours on the road. But, you know, every, every couple of years, the executive would pull in the driveway <laughs> and Uncle Boss would get out and be like, good to see you again, daddy boy. They don't make him like this anymore. Like, <laughs> and then he'd walk away going, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did Michael Lee tell us about this song yet? <laughs> he did it, but he's gonna in a second. Hold on, I got, I got my, I got my mental checklist. I know what's gonna happen next, Michael. Yes, tell us the story of this story song. Okay, so uh, Lido Shuffle, uh, by Dan's Uncle Boz, mm -hmm. is about a man named Lido who contemplates retirement. Okay, lovely. Fair enough. That's End beautiful. Oh, yeah. also, he might, hes kind of a criminal. Oh, but he's right, thinking about not right. being a criminal. Good yeah, for yeah. him. He's going to go on the yeah. straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, just yeah. after one, one more job. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, you know what? If you're a criminal, one thing to definitely do is do one more job. Just yeah. one yeah. more, and then, you're and then you're out. If every movie has ever taught us anything, it's that nothing will go wrong. That's what I was going to say. I can't see <laughs> anything possibly going wrong. We're doing just one more job. Just one more. Yeah. One last big score, and then you're out. Because that's the thing. Now you have all the money. And then you're not a criminal anymore, so it really works out. I, I can't see any problem with this with this plan. <laughs> no. Uh, sounds like it's great. In the movies, nobody shouts tragically, he was two days from retirement. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I, I'd like to sign up for uh, Social Security. Oh, uh, sure, you're, you're 65. Yes. Uh, what, um, career? Oh, I was a criminal all my life, and now I'd like to <laughs> retire from being a criminal. <laughs> No, yep. um, oh, very well, sir. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> right here, mm -hmm. but a, a professional criminal. I was an amateur. Wait, what yeah. did you take me for? I drove the executive. Yeah. <laughs> I stole it, but I yeah, drove I the executive. Well, I drove it. It's a stolen but, executive. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, uh, you're a criminal. So. <laughs> the, uh, criminals don't have four hundred one k's. Criminals have four hundred one a o o o o k y y. No, they don't have 401k, so they have one last job. That's, <laughs> yes. that's, that's their 401k. Lido missed the boat that day. He left the shack. But that was all.
Is that a literal boat? Did he miss a boat or he, he figuratively missed the boat? I think the best way to answer that is by saying, what do you think? Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, <laughs> I, so I think I, I read it as he did miss a boat that all the other criminals were on. That like I, he was supposed to like he overslept. <laughs> I guess so. He's a lazy, like he's a lazy criminal, and yeah. all his buddies were gonna go and do a big score on a boat, and he missed the boat. But he was happy he missed the boat because <laughs> this is this is an after school special about Lido. Um, but then he that was he was happy he missed the boat. Because he decided that day that he wasn't going to do it anymore. Oh, interesting. So you think this is this part's in the future? What? Or the present? It's the present. Okay. Like this is the um, this is the what do they call it? The uh, the in a film, it's the thing. The, the beginning? No, there's a word for <laughs> oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. The event. The the inciting, inciting event. The inciting incident. Okay. Okay. See, yeah. I read this as his origin story. Okay. Um, to me, this is him escaping whatever his life was previously. If he came from, like, let's say humble beginnings, living in a shack, and he sort of ran away from that. Or, I've seen interpretations oh, okay. where it was, it's about his escape from prison. Um, oh. But the way I was reading it is that he was, that he, he left his life behind to go and make something of himself and does it through Crime. crimes. So this is, so I'm reading it as the present. You're reading it as the past going into his life of crime. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I mean, I don't, I only don't think it's like the distant past. Cause it's like the next thing is like added. It just sounds like the next thing that happens is he stops at a bar. You know what I mean? Like, I could be wrong, but it it seems like not a lot of time has passed. However... Yeah, no, I think this is chronological. If No, 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 but I'm saying, like... But it's, like, added, like... I, it just seems like, oh, he was born, he left home, and then now he went to a bar. It's, like, it seems like something else should have happened in the middle there. But what I do like, though, is... I don't know if this is true, but the, the shack being slang for prison mm. because... He ain't coming back. Yeah. yeah. Like, he escaped from prison. I like that. I had, I, had not, I had not thought of that. But Leto missed the boat that day. He left the shack. I mean, the uh, boat so, could be, like, if he's an Alcatraz or something. Mm-hmm. Some sort of island. Well, but prison. again, but I think he... But I, that's... See, the thing that, to me, is weird is Leto missed the boat. Mm-hmm. And then the next line is, but that was all he missed. Where I would think the line would be, but that wasn't all he missed. You know what I mean? Like, so... I think the, that's all he missed. I think it's like, it's a double meaning. Like, he missed the boat. Again, like... But he's not gonna miss the boat prison. is... Exactly. He's not... Or yeah. he's not missing... Or whatever. He's not gonna miss whatever he left behind. Yeah. I got it. Right, right. Toledo missed the boat that day he left the shack, but that was all he missed. Meaning, like, he's not gonna miss where he's from. He's not right. gonna miss prison. Two, two meanings of the word miss there. Like an office space. At a tombstone bar in a... Okay. At a tombstone bar in a juke joint car, he made a stop. 
just long enough to grab a handle off the top. So I don't know what a tombstone bar is, other than obviously where the monsters go after the monster mash. That's yeah, like, yeah. that's where the after party's happening. Yeah, of course. But I don't know if tombstone bar is like a term that you guys are familiar with. No, I thought it was like um, he, uh, maybe traveling the like traveling around the country, and it's like tombstone. It's like the West. He's out in the West. Yeah, I pictured it in almost like a ghost town. Yeah, kind of okay. thing. Like it's like this old abandoned, not abandoned bar, but like a. A place where he could easily walk in and grab a handle off the top. What does that mean? I, I mean, like, you said like a, like a handle of whiskey or whatever, right? So it could be. I think it could be that, but I think it could also be related to the money that we're going to get in the next verse. So I think he stole from mm-hmm. the bar. Mm. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. See this, Michael? I feel like, again, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, What's going on? <laughs> and you're whispering, you're whispering back to me. That guy, that guy has the money. <laughs> he's got, oh, okay. He's making okay. a stop at the bar to and then, steal from the bar. Okay. And then, and then the next thing he goes, would you two shut up back there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. My friend is stupid. <laughs> I'm going to go get more popcorn. <laughs> Can you explain this to me when I get back? When I come back in detail, explain everything that happened while I was gone. Pick me up some snow caps. <laughs> Just snow caps? Ang- angry guy, do you want anything? Yes, I want milk duds. God. Yeah. So Jimmy Stewart was never born. Okay. <laughs> in this, this is. So Donna Reed doesn't know him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's an old maid at 30. <laughs> I, you know what would have been great if... No, I just want to say, in that movie, if he just ran into one person that he knew, and he was like, oh, that guy seems all right. He seems okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, the person's like, hey, he, he made out all right. <laughs> I'm just saying, not that he had to be better, but it's like... You know, George would be like, ah, one out of seven isn't bad, I guess. Like, he seems okay. <laughs> like, everyone is miserable without yeah. George. Like, everybody. Like, nah, there's not one guy again who's like, hey, you know me, George. I'm, I'm up, I'm down, whatever. I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. If he just Can't walked into the down. bar and he was like, this bar is gorgeous. <laughs> You're doing great. Oh, man. I mean, Martini, nice guy. Not great for interior decoration, I'm going to say that. But this place is... <laughs> a modest living but i always did donna reads an old maid but she's happier that way yeah exactly <laughs> wasn't the thing like she she like worked at the library or something she, or? yeah she works at the library and that was her whole life yeah they act like the fact that she's unmarried and works at the library is like she might as well be dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, she, yeah she had leprosy no uh, <laughs> clarence clarence don't say it she works at the library no <laughs> She has glasses. <laughs> <laughs> she wears them in public. <laughs> anyway, movie's not. He left Bedford Falls, the <laughs> library building, but he left all the books to her. Sure. <laughs> Guys. Okay. Um, this, so This podcast is not, I've, I, as much as you might be confused, I wouldn't be surprised this <laughs> Podcast is not about It's a Wonderful Life, even though somehow it comes up every third episode. <laughs> um, Rachel, uh, you're saying something. So, because we got questions. Yeah. So he shows up at a tombstone bar in the juke joint car. 
right? Yeah. So what the heck is a juke joint car? You know that thing where you restore an old jukebox and mm-hmm. uh, just put wheels on it and you're, you're, you're in your garage and you're restoring an old jukebox and you're restoring an old car and like stuff gets, let's say, shuffled and mm-hmm. then you have a car that's also a jukebox. It's a car. We've okay. designed the Pontiac Aztec. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got um, you. I got you. I yeah, mean, yeah, I yeah. was envisioning, I was envisioning like a jalopy, but also okay. like a really fun, like jute joint jalopy kind of car. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna be very specific. But what I am picturing is the car that Count from the Sesame Street drives around in. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's that. That I would describe as a juke. Okay. Joint car. I don't know why. Okay, but that gives it a time. It feels like that gives it a timeline too, or like a like a time frame, too. Yeah, yeah. Between the shack and the tombstone bar and the juke joint car, I kind of get a feeling of the time frame of when this is taking place too. Yeah, maybe. So let's see. But yeah, he made a stop just long enough to grab grab a handle off the top. I was imagining that he was drinking a whole bunch, drank like a whole bottle of um liquor. Uh, cause again, that's also one of the things in the movies where they're like, oh, I, I'll take a handle of whiskey or whatever. And there's a part of my brain where it's like, I don't know how much a handle is. Is that a whole bottle? Is that like a particular measurement? I have no idea, but I'm just going to roll with it. Cause I don't want to whisper to Michael cause that guy's going to yell at me. Again. <laughs> but, or like Michael said, he stole money from the bar, which, you know, yeah. I think it's he kind did of because fun. I think that that relates to where we're going to go next. But I think, I mean, I think it's possible. He just went to this bar and stole a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like he could have stolen liquor and money. Like he, he yeah. this is him starting his life as a thief. Next stop, Shatown, Leo, put the money down, let him roll. He said, one more job, ought to get it. One last shot, no, we quit it. One for the So next stop, Chi-Town, Lido put the money down and let it roll. So I'm thinking that the money he puts down is the money he stole from the bar. Gotcha. But he puts it, he's betting the money? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think Chicago doesn't, I don't think of as a, like a big betting town, but maybe it was back then. But it's a, but, but Chi-Town, but Chicago is a big mobster town. Right. And where there are mobsters, there is gambling. And I think no mobsters who gambling. That's what the old saying says. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what they say? Where there are mobsters. Uh huh. (laughs) So, but I think that's. But to to me, it's like the. It's like a. He's kind of like a made man, and like so. It's it's him. You know, he's in. He's he's getting in with the mob. Basically, that's how I. That's how I sort of read it. I tend to agree with that. I think he's, if not getting involved with the mob like at least kind of getting his own gang together because he does start referring to like we unless he becomes royalty i don't know (laughs) but i so my interpretation of this and i could be completely wrong tell me what you think feel free to speculate is that he escapes his his old life and the way to get to his new life is he steals from this bar and then he gambles and wins i think okay I'm sorry, I'm still stuck. The mobsters, right? Mm-hmm. Do they know that gambling is illegal? Like, are they aware of that? <gasps> they're not supposed to. 
hold on. So in Chicago too? It's no, not in Chicago. Chicago too. I don't think in Chicago they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. I just don't want the mobsters to get in trouble. I think maybe they just don't know that they're like that they're committing a crime. Because I don't think a mob they wouldn't want to commit a crime. But but, oh, but I think it's different because this is in like back rooms with one single light that swings back and forth. Okay. And there's one guy in a lot of smoke and cigars. Right, right. If you have one light swinging back and forth, then it's not a light. Okay, that's okay. No, gotcha, that's gotcha, fine. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oof, that's, that was close. That's the one light swinging back and forth provision. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. If it is illegal, I feel like the authorities would have sent out, like, flyers on brightly colored paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. if there are no flyers on brightly colored papers, like in post offices, then who's going to know? Who's going right. to know? They're not, they wouldn't know. Next up, Chai Town, Lito put the money down and let it roll. He said, one more job... Ought to get it. One last shot before we quit it. One for the road. So, Michael, this, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. And don't take this the wrong way. About what? I don't think him, if he stole money from the bar, I don't think that's his first crime. Mm-hmm. I think okay. this is him being like, this is my last. This is my right. last job. After a lifetime of crime. Okay. This is my last job. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to steal money from this bar. I'm going to go to Chai Town. I'm going to do something. Either I'm going to gamble it or I'm going to start a street gang or something. But I'm doing something with this money and this is my last shot. This is going to write one more shot or one last shot before we quit it. This is one for the road. This is, and, and all, in some ways, like one for the road is either like, either I'm going to make it big or I'm going to die. It, one way or the other, this is, this is the end. This is the last time. No, I think it's I think it's what you were saying before. I think this is his 401k. I think he's going to this right. one last big job and then he's out. Yeah, yeah. And he he can afford to get out because it it's going to be great. Mhm. What mm. could go wrong? He's going to make a lot of money. Then he's going to quit this crazy scene. Yeah. He's going to make a lot of money as a consultant, mm-hmm. letting mobsters know that gambling is illegal. Mhm. And they're like, oh, Lito, thank you so much for telling me. I had no idea. He is opening up the copy shop where they make the brightly colored flyers to let people know that (laughs) gambling (laughs) is frowned upon in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of money in flyers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's true. So Uncle Boz always said. talked about before like that one moment in a song the difference between like a hit and like just any other song and like i think the the lead of whoa 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 you hear that once you you know it's exactly yeah. you know exactly what time this is it's perfect lead oh whoa he's for the money he's for the show Lido's waiting for the go this also feels like one of those songs i hadn't looked at the lyrics that closely but this feels like one of those songs where you're like that can't be the lyrics. I must have that wrong. And then you mm-hmm. look it up and you go, no, that's what he says. No, he's yeah. waiting for the go, whatever that means. I guess he's playing that ancient Chinese game or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously it's a take on one for the money, two for the show. 
Of course. So you get ready. Now go, cat, go. But, um, which is, <laughs> it, this is very clever. So it seems like this is, it's, they're getting ready for the job, right? And he's just wet, waiting for the, for the thumbs up from his guy to, right. to set it off. And the, the, he's for the money, he's for the show gives you the impression that he's like a, like a fancy criminal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a, like he's, he's like flashy. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like he's, how, how would you describe it? Like a, like a fancy mobster. A dapper you know? don. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about the, the crime for him is a means to an end. And the end is being this fancy gentleman that he was not when he escaped from the shack. Leto, whoa, he said one more job ought to get it. One last shot before we quit it. One more for the road. Um, so that's a slight difference because he said one for the road last time. Yeah. Now he said one more for the road. Maybe so He can't give it up? I think this, it's that. Yeah, is this what in corporate America we might call scope creep? Where he had he had one goal, but he's like, maybe we just do a little bit more. Maybe we just do a little bit more. Maybe just a little bit more. You know what it is? What's that? You got greedy, Lita. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's that. I think he's every job is the last one until he's like, well, one more. Mm. I think it's that he one wants more, and two. He enjoys it. He enjoys sort mm-hmm. of the the thrill of it. Yeah. And the risk of it. Absolutely. Um, here's my impression of one of the guys on the on his crew. So is this is his last name Doe? <laughs> Nobody's or name is, it, is just Lido. Or is his 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 first name is Lido? Because I've never heard that name before. You sure you sure he's not saying his full name name every time? Lee Doe? No? Okay. I don't know. Look, man, I'm, we're making a lot of money here, so I'm not going to ask, but we're killing it with these flyers. I'm going to tell you, money's rolling in like crazy. <laughs> Gotta be a nickname, right? Gotta be a nickname. Right? It's because I'm, I'm writing him a thank you card, and I don't know what to put on it. <laughs> Could be a thing where like, his younger brother couldn't say his name, and he said Lido, and then it stuck. That happens sometimes. Could it be like one of those things? I don't know. Oh, his real name is Boz. Yeah. Why is his name something normal like Boz? You'll be running, having great big fun until you got the note. Saying total line of law. And that was all she wrote. You'd be making like a feline, heading for the borderline, going for broke. Saying one. So, Lido be running, having great big fun until he got the note saying "toe the line or blow it," and that was all she wrote. Mm-hmm. Michael, I'm gonna let you take this. <laughs> okay, I have no idea what's going on. So, again, my interpretation. First, before I, I do that, I will say Bosgags, really good songwriter, having. Lito be running, having great big fun until the fun until rhyming yeah. with yeah, rhyming with running yeah. is awesome. Yeah. 
So, yes, there's that. Um, the way I interpret this, and again, feel free to tell me I'm wrong, I think he's, he's out doing his thing. I think he's, he's, doing, he's doing his crimes, and he's having a good old time because he's for the money and the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's having fun, and then he gets a note saying, toe the line or blow it. Toe the line meaning sort of follow the rules. Sure. Or blow it, I don't know. I think, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's kind of like a, a thread of some sort from someone, whoever wrote this note. And then it says, and that was all she wrote. So two things. One, that's all she wrote being an expression, being like, that's the end. That's where he stops. Or the fact that it's, that's all she wrote and he got this in a note. Did somebody write him a note and was it this person, this woman, for whom he stopped? Interpret. <laughs> oh, I, so yeah, I think it's more this, so I think it's more the first thing. I, I interpreted it as more the getting in with the mob situation where basically he's running around like uh, uh like a lunatic doing whatever he wants but not following the the code of the of the mafia <laughs> you know he's gambling too much and he didn't there was no swinging light and he's gambling and they're like you can't do that but basically you know overstepping his bounds basically and they're like you either you're gonna toe the line or you're gonna or get out of here and he's like okay i'm gonna get out of here because i'm Lido, <laughs> and nobody tells me what to do and he shuffles off yeah to the next thing so i'm sorry are we saying do we think that that's all she wrote is the she a real person or that's just like a turn of phrase i don't like, that's think all so she wrote? i think it could be either the way i originally read it was that it was a person but what rachel's saying makes a lot of sense but I, I like the idea of it being a person because if he got a note that said toe the line or blow it, and that's all she wrote, mm-hmm. he just got a very short note. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that that might be like the the summation of the note. That's not necessarily <laughs> the whole note. It's just like that's the gist of it. The only reason um, I don't think it's a, I, I think it was a Western Union situation where it was like toe the line, <laughs> stop, or blow it, yeah. stop. That's yeah. all she wrote. I have no money. Stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You have to pay by the character, so the, yeah, that's all only, she wrote. The only reason I don't think the that's all she wrote has anything to do with a woman or a real person is because I, I know that sometimes there are mysterious people that come out of nowhere in songs, but there's no hint in this song, in the beginning of this song, that there's anybody that he is like doing anything for. Because there's literally the first two lines are he missed the boat that day. He left the shack, but that was all he missed and he ain't coming back. You know, right. if there was something, if there was something in his past that was pulling him back or something for him to stop this for, then it would be there somewhere. Well, I don't know if it, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of somebody that was from his past. I think. Like I said, I, I, I sort of saw it as a longer timeline where this is him becoming like this fancy criminal over time. And like, maybe this is the woman he falls in love with over time and she wants him to get out of this life. Mm -hmm. But again, just an interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) You know who I think she is? I think she's a (laughs) showgirl. There you go. Cause it's, I'm guessing this is like the twenties. This has to be the twenties, right? 
Yeah. And now he's made it from Chicago. Yeah. He maybe he's maybe it's Chicago. Maybe it's turning into like the 30s, 40s. And they're like, you heard of this new place, Vegas? <laughs> We're going to start a new thing in Vegas. You can gamble down there without a swinging light. What? Guys, yeah. there are Aww. no flyers in Vegas. Stationary lights they're going to have, and you can gamble <laughs> everywhere. The only swinging light is a, is a cowgirl who's kicking her leg yep. up. I'm going to tell you, I can see it. I can see it in my mind. It's beautiful, Clark. So, uh, all right, so that was all she wrote. He'll be making like a beeline. Dan, what, okay. do, what, do, you, what do you think? Rachel and I gave our interpretation. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, again, I feel like if this is the 20s, this might be why it doesn't make any sense, because everybody's 23 skadooing. Like there's all there's all this like slang going on that I'm like I I, I, I mean I think that's I, I yeah he's having a great big fun until he got the note from who some mob boss or whatever somebody who's like you're going too far mm-hmm. chill out you know or you're, you're gonna end up dead or whatever and that's all she wrote so there's no she it's just you know a turn of phrase being like that's it that was this is the end of the line for him. Okay. And then he'll be making like a beeline heading for the borderline going for broke. So he's like, I got to get the heck out of here. I don't know if he's trying to make it to the, the border of Chicago or <laughs> the border of America. I'm not sure. But he's like, I guess I got to get out of here before these guys finally get so mad that they, that they kill me. Um, so he's making a beeline heading for the borderline going for broke saying one more hit ought to do it. This joint ain't nothing to it. One more for the road. Mm-hmm. So now it sounds like he's smoking the wacky tobacco while he's driving a car, <laughs> which again, I don't know if you saw the flyer, that is illegal. Round so we should upon. not be doing that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if uh, we're thinking the 20s, you know, he's like, I got this jazz cigarette in my jukebox car. So um, I, don't, I don't think it's that. I think it's he's, I think, so I think we've set up that he can't help himself from committing whatever crime he's committing. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's it's robbery. But he he makes a beeline there like you got to shape up or ship out. And he's like, "Fine, I'll ship out." And he makes a beeline, he's heading for the border. He's going for broke. He's leaving, but as he's leaving, he sees a spot that he can't pass up. I think and he's that's- like, oh. "One more." And this yeah. joint I can get in and out of this joint in no problem. There ain't nothing to it. One more for the road. So he's going he's gonna to rob the joint. He sees one more spot. Got yep. it. Yeah, I think he's basically running for his life to get to the border. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is if he... I mean, maybe if he's running for the border, maybe it is from the authorities. Like, Yeah. That maybe it's a figurative note, but like he got, he got yeah. a warning like... Uh, you got to get out of here. So he, or like, you got to stop. And he's like, I'm out. And so he's running for the border. And like you said, he can't help himself when he sees Mm -hmm. this joint. What I think is interesting is the use of the word joint. Yeah. Because he uses the term juke joint car in the Mm -hmm. beginning. So like, it almost feels like he's going back to his origins. Mm -hmm. He's not this place that he's robbing is probably like the bar that he robs in the beginning. Yeah. Right. So he's going sort of reverting back to basics. Yeah. 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 And that's, I, I and I think one thing I did not appreciate until this moment is like, we, we touched on this somewhat, but, but he keeps saying one more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
one more for the road. One more, one more, one more. So now, literally right here at the end, he's like, eh, one more. One more yeah. for the road. Um, and then I'll, and, and literally then I'll for the road, because he is on the run. He is on the road, yeah. heading right, for right. the borderline, making a yeah, yeah. beeline. All right, so then at the end here, I mean, the music's like really good. The horns get like really crazy at this point. It's good. But lyrics-wise, it's just Lido. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's for the money. He's for the show. Lido's waiting for the go. Lido, whoa, 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 whoa. He says, one more job ought to get it. One last shot before we quit it. One more for the road. Then Lido, whoa, 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 whoa. He's for the money. He's for the show. Lido's waiting for the go. Lido, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, one more job ought to get it. One last shot before we quit it. One more for the road. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then he Good shuffles song. off. Any last thoughts on this song? Yeah, I think one of the reasons that it took a while for me to realize that this was a story song is it sounds, tell me if I'm wrong, it sounds very much like it would be on some sort of like a, a road trip kind of movie. Yes. It sounds 100%. like it would be in vacation. It sounds yes. like the song from vacation. It does. It yeah. does. It and it's does. the whoa, 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 whoa. But, but it also has a syncopation to it because it's like yeah. a. So you're listening to the rhythm. You're not listening yes. to the lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It does. It, but it does have that road trip feel. You're right. Mm-hmm. Like it does. You can imagine like him flying down the road. Yeah. Um, but he's not on vacation. He's mm-hmm. being a criminal. He's being he's, naughty. He's being a bad boy. Yep. He's not yep. on vacation. He's on the run. All right. Uh, if that's all we got, let's do expanding universe. What do we got? Expanded universe. Well, I mean, I guess this boat where this shack is in this boat is just right where Patches is. Where Patches shack oh. is. <laughs> Patches. He leaves Patches shack right by the river. Okay. It's a river boat. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I thought you were going to say um, uh, Evangeline. Aren't they on a, a river boat? Uh, they are on yeah. a river boat. That the one, maybe that's Queen. the one. And then he's glad he missed it because that burns down or that's, something. That doesn't go well. No. Yeah, yeah. The so. Mississippi Queen? That went under. Well, I was going to say, you know, I mean, Lido's causing so much trouble. Obviously, both sides of the law are starting to get a little, a little tired of what's going on. And, you know, one side's blaming the other. Next thing you know, you know, there's a whole war going on in Chicago. Uh, I mean, I heard 100 cops are dead. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say, you know, that's Lido. Like, as the two warring factions, Lido's just going right through the middle, just going right out of town <laughs> as everybody's fighting each other. That's uh, the night uh, Chicago died. Yep. Yes. Um, yep. That's what I was talking about. I think in his travels, you know, he ends up in Chicago, but he's got to go. I think he goes through several states doing this. Mm -hmm. At some point, he goes through Texas. And Mm -hmm. I think he is chased by a detective named Billy Mack, who, if you're wondering, knows just exactly what the facts is. Oh, definitely. Mm. Well, and uh, on that note, Michael, I think he also, um, you know, you were talking about him pulling himself up and, you know, making making good on himself. I wonder if he comes across uh, a woman who had to make a way in her own life from a tumble down shack and her name was Fancy. I bet they crossed paths. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? And when I was thinking that that letter that he got 
was from some lady. I I just assumed that it was a long, cool woman in a black dress because I feel like he would have hung out with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, probably knew her before. You know, she yeah. was forced to marry an FBI agent. I, <laughs> still not fully clear on that one, but um, yeah. Uh, well, he's headed for the borderline. He's probably gonna go to El Paso. I think we can mm -hmm. we can agree with that. Probably uh, stop at uh, what was her name? Rosita Rose's Cantina. Oh my Rose's God! Maybe Cantina. Rose's Cantina is the the joint that Eddie he passes Rob's? on his way to the border. Oh. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a keeper. Because at the end of El Paso, I think he can't stay away from Rose's Cantina. Mm -hmm. Right. On account of Rosa, not because he wants to rob the place. Maybe he does right. rob the place. Who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe he does both. You never know. We're only yeah, hearing yeah. half the story. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think this song is his story, and I think he tells the story to a traveler named Kenny oh, on a train. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. About his life as a gambler. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. And he and he yeah. and he just tells him that he was a gambler and he's like, Oh, how do you how do you make your money with which you gambled? And he was like, That's not important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just know when to hold him, know when to fold him. Right, right. Feels like there's something you're not telling me though. <laughs> like <laughs> feels like there's more of this story you're leaving out, but it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is the Lido shuffle a shuffle a card shuffle or a foot shuffle is he shuffling his feet or is he shuffling cards i know we're past the first part <laughs> it just hit me well they never say Lido shuffle in the song no 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 i'm not i'm not arguing with you i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying that's just the title but yeah i don't know what the shuffle is referring man, oh, to man. Or okay. a, i mean i also or a music I was, shuffle exactly like i was a, thinking know, like, like a, a dance a sound like the dance yeah but it's like not that Lido's doing a shuffle but as you listen to the song you could do a little yeah. shuffle like it's lead, the Lido shuffle. You know what I mean? I think the intention is to be about like him moving around, moving from place to place. Like he, okay. he shuffles around. Thank you. But I mean, like if he's a gambler, it could be again, a double meaning boss. I mean, it could very be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It could be, it could be referencing both things. So. Yep. That makes and sense. And it's a dancey little number. So, I mean, yeah, you could do What's a shuffle while you, so it's three. He's got three meanings. Amazing. Three things. Incredible. Um, three meanings on one word. Um, yeah. Doesn't seem possible. For the price of one. <laughs> How can you go wrong? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song, Lido Shuffle by Boz Kags, uh, after the break. So we'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Michael. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you, I'm pulling out, pull out of retirement for one last job. <laughs> <laughs> and that job is to tell me all about Bob Skaggs and his song Lido Shuffle. Okay. And I, and I have bad news for you. You'll probably be dead or in jail by the end. But <laughs> one, one last big job. One more story behind the story. You ought to get it. Yeah. <laughs> So, like we always say, this is going to be a brief overview of a very long and successful career, and we're going to focus on the Lido Shuffle era. Okay? Sure. Which is not an era specific to Boz Skaggs' career. It's an era in world history. Sure. All right. Yeah. I remember that chapter in my book, <laughs> in the history book. Chapter 42, Lido Shuffle. Boz. <laughs> Boz, see also Skaggs. I think that's like, that's like second semester, 11th grade. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. like right after World War II. Yeah. Right. It just says, it says chapter 40, the Boz, and then in parentheses <laughs> it says, we left out most of World War II to fit this in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So a little bit about Boz Skaggs. Again, we're not going to get into his whole history and his whole career, but just like to get you where the Lido Shuffle starts. Uh-huh. So Sir Bosworth Skaggington III was born on June 8th, 1944. Michael, I want so much for that to be true, but... JK, you guys. His real name is William Royce Skaggs. Boz was a nickname he got while attending school in Dallas. I mean, not to be that guy, but, like, your last name is already Skaggs. Do you really need, like, anything crazier on top of that? Like, just, you can't be Will Skaggs? Or Royce? (laughs) You can't be Royce? Or Royce. Royce Skaggs? Well, I think Royce was Royce his father's Skaggs. name. So you can't have two Royces. Right, but I'm saying, well, whatever, Michael. I don't know. Um, you, I mean, honestly, I gotta be, I'm going to be probably you shut me down. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> I know, we really... <laughs> There's we really a, a went, lot of confusion. Wait, we, we, when, both of us went silent. <laughs> I was just saying, I was like, I mean, the man's right. There'll be a lot of confusion when people call the house. I guess he can't go... <laughs> he has to, his only choice was to go by Boz, apparently. <laughs> Hi, can I speak to Royce? I, I don't know who to hand the phone to. I don't know. I'm going to put it down and, and I guess leave and never come back. <laughs> and that's how his mother left. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you mean my son who sounds like a ripoff uh, cartoon of the Smurfs? You remember the Bozzes? Yeah, they were. 
They were everywhere. They really pushed those for a while. I think they were exclusive to Hallmark, if I remember correctly. You know what's funny is I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, uh, Lido Shuffle is from his 1976 album Silk Degrees. Silk Degrees was his breakthrough, but it was mm. also his seventh album. Oof. Okay. All right. Putting in the work. Yeah. 10 years into his career or more, actually. So this is how he got to that album. He started recording professionally in 1965 with the release of his Boz album. It was recorded okay. in Sweden while he was living and working in Europe. It was an album of acoustic covers that had some success in Sweden and was only released in Europe, but it went out of print shortly after its release. Hmm. Okay. In 1968, he was invited by a friend uh, to join his band, his friend's band, uh, an old friend that he went to school with. That friend was named Steve Miller, and I'm not sure what the band was called. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a wedding band. Let's just call it Steve Miller's band. Sure. Wait, was he, That's but wait, was he like, <laughs> was he in the actual really Steve Miller band? Steve Miller band? Yeah. Like, oh my but God. like, but I mean, like when they were Steve, Mil the Steve Miller band, like when they're like out on the road having hits or was this like before they became, no, they when the Steve Miller band. When the Steve Miller band was the Steve Miller, it was, it was the Steve Miller country time jamboree at the time. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously I'm just, I, the point I'm trying to get to is like, obviously he's going to leave at some point and become his own solo artist, right. but I'm trying to figure out if this is a Chevy, but I'm saying Chevy Chase was in uh, Steely Dan or is this like he actually was in the, the band when they were like a going concern? Wait, Chevy Chase was in Steely Dan? We've talked about this before. Steely Dan was the, uh, Chevy Chase was the original drummer for Steely Dan, but they were like not, they were not famous Steely Dan yet. He left long before anyone knew who Steely Dan was, but he was the original drummer in Steely Dan. We have, we've had this exact conversation and I've had these exact <laughs> blank looks looking at me. I remember. I okay, remember. Good. Okay. I, okay good. I'm thinking about, can we, can we put in... <laughs> This exact conversation into this episode <laughs> from our episode where we discussed this previously. We might have. Yeah, <laughs> I might. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, so, okay. So, so he, he was in the on. Steve Miller band. He right. appeared as a guitarist and vocalist on their first two albums called Children of the Future and Sailor. But related to that, did you know Chevy Chase was the <laughs> original harpist for... The Desi Arnaz Orchestra? No. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say something like, did you know Chevy Chase was in Memoirs of an Invisible Man? I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> did know it's a terrible movie. It's been on Comedy Central all the time, and it is god-awful. I've probably seen it in totality like six times. <laughs> and every time so you're sad. like, why am I watching this? Yeah. You want to... Make it stop. Yeah, I've probably seen it six times. You guys want to guess what times I've seen The Godfather? Uh, twice. Uh, let's continue. <laughs> six and one, really. <laughs> it's basically the same movie. So he went solo again in 1969, about a year after he joined the Steve Miller Band. Between 1969 and 1974, he released six albums. In terms of charts, the most successful of those albums was 1974's Slow Dancer, which peaked at number 81 in the U.S. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. He's at the dance. You know, he's on the chart. Yeah. He was on the album charts with every album he released but it wasn't like right. massive it wasn't really mainstream success it wasn't taken off yeah. yeah yeah 
So his other albums were Boz Skaggs, 1969, which went to number 171. Moments from 1971, which went to number 124. Boz Skaggs and Band from 1971, which went to 198. And My Time from 1972, which went to 138. Okay. He was a working musician, selling albums, doing his thing, just not, like we said, that mainstream success. He was a busy Boz. Boz was bubbling under Boz. (laughs) Bubbling under Boz. (laughs) That's what they called him. That that would be the best title for like a compilation of his first (laughs) sounds. Please don't call me that. (laughs) (laughs) But his mom still called him Royce. (laughs) Uh, Hi, is bubbling under Boz available? (laughs) Which one? one. That's what we call call his father now, too. Please, Bubbling Under Boz is my dad. <laughs> Call me Royce. <laughs> Call me Mr. Bubbling Under. <laughs> so then in 1976, he released Silk Degrees. Uh, it was released in February 1976. The album went to number two on the Billboard 200 album chart and number six on the R&B chart. All right. There well, that's go. a lot better than 198 or whatever. It is that's 196 <laughs> places that's better true. than Quite a leap. Yeah. It went to number one in Australia and number 20 in the UK. And in the US, it is certified five times platinum. Nice. And it's got that iconic cover of him like sitting on that green bench. That was yeah. his year. Yeah. Looking weird. Not weird, but like looking, looking in a weird way is what I meant to say. <laughs> but even the album cover, you know, we're talking about the, um, the song being not mysterious, but like... Confusing, you know, mm-hmm. it's the yeah. perfect bridge to between our summer of symbolism and like regular right. episodes where it's not symbolic. It's just confusing, right? <laughs> so what's interesting about that album cover is he's he's sort of looking off to the side. He's sitting sideways on a bench. The photo is from behind and there's like a hand. Right. Off to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's a story going on there. Yeah. He, but he looks like he's impersonating a small child who has been scolded and told to sit in timeout. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it looks like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and the hand is like his mom. Yeah, like, yeah. Sweetheart. No, I don't want to. You, you will sit there for five minutes no. until you learn. Not to throw trucks at your brother. No. <laughs> no, I'm a big boss. <laughs> <laughs> What's kind of interesting about that is that the bench is facing the ocean and mm-hmm. Boz is facing the sidewalk. Yes. Right. So he's not like sitting there looking out at the ocean. He is just right, looking right. down at the pavement. Hmm. At what appears to be dusk and still wearing sunglasses. He's Boz. You're not named Boz and <laughs> photographed not wearing sunglasses. That's right. true. That's true. So uh, the, the Silk Degrees album had four singles. The singles were It's Over, Low Down, mm-hmm. What Can I Say, and Lido Shuffle. Low Down was the biggest hit from the album, and it's his biggest hit to date. It mm. went to number three on the Hot 100, number 11 on the AC chart, and number two in Canada, and number 28 in the UK. 
It's a good one. Lowdown is amazing. about Lowdown. Okay. So the filmmakers of a little film called Saturday Night Fever originally intended to use Lowdown in the film soundtrack. In a 2013 article from Vanity Fair, John Travolta is quoted as saying, quote, the Bee Gees weren't even involved in the movie in the beginning. I was dancing to Stevie Wonder and Boz Skaggs. Hmm. Hmm. According to an October 1978 episode of American Top 40 with Casey Kasem, the Robert Stigwood organization approached Columbia Records about using Lowdown in the film and on the soundtrack. Columbia Records said no. <laughs> mm. Absolutely not. They said this movie's going nowhere. No, they they preferred to use <laughs> to license the song on I believe it was another it was a Columbia Pictures thing. Uh -huh. So sure. Columbia Records, Columbia Pictures, so I think yeah, that's yeah, why it happened. Mm -hmm. Sure. They preferred to license the song to the film looking for Mr. Goodbar. Hmm. Okay. About okay. the making of the candy bar <laughs> <laughs> that I've only ever seen in miniature form. Yeah, that's yeah. The, if you're looking for Mr. Goodbar, the, the answer <laughs> is every Halloween in those big bags of tiny candy bars, yes. it's in there and nowhere else. Yep. There is no such thing as a full-size Mr. Goodbar to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> I feel like looking, for, I feel like that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Is one of those things where, like, at the time, I'm talking about looking for Mr. Goodbar. I feel like it's at the time it was very popular, but for but for whatever reason, like, didn't make the generational mm -hmm. like jump over to us. Like, right. I I don't know what that movie is. No clue. I don't know anything about it, but I know like in things from the 70s, it gets referenced. Yeah, like it's, it's referenced mm. in a Weird Al song. It's it's referenced in that Weird Al song, but there's other things too where people will make jokes about looking for Mr. Goodbar, and I'm like, I don't know what this. I was like, I was like, I don't know what this is. I think it doesn't help that the candy bar, like, I think it is a reference to the candy bar. I don't think that's like a coincidence, but I think I think that doesn't help either because then we hear it. Obviously, all we can think about is like that little candy bar with peanuts in it. I don't yeah. understand, but. <laughs> This is a movie about a person looking through a giant bag of Halloween candy <laughs> for one tiny candy bar right. with a yellow wrapper. But anyway, I just, like, I've said before, uh, it always... I don't think it has anything to do about the candy, because it's about a murder. Uh, yes. Inspired by a murder by a school, of a school teacher, so... Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yikes. The sequel, Looking for Crackle, was uh, <laughs> successful. <laughs> Right. That was about that was about a school teacher murdered by a uh, failed streaming service. Um, <laughs> about another candy bar that you can only find in miniature form. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But but I, well, the only thing I was gonna say was I don't blame them because I'm sure Saturday Night Fever seemed like a bad idea from the outside, like before the movie was made. I'm sure they were like, this does seem like garbage. Um, but, because it's just a stupid movie about guys dancing, but then it obviously became a phenomenon. But the other thing, like Michael's saying, it's a Columbia picture, and it's Columbia oh, of course. Records. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying 
I think Mr. Goodbar, Looking for Mr. Goodbar, was a hit. It was like a cultural phenomenon at the time. Yeah. I'm sure at the time they they were like probably happy with their decision at the end of the day. It's just now it's completely forgotten and Saturday Night Fever has lived on. That's all. I think at the time they were happy with the decision until, you know, Saturday Night Fever became like right. the number one. Within a year, it was like the biggest selling album in the right, world. Right, again. But again, I mean, Lowdown was a big hit. It's not like, right. you know, it wasn't like it didn't go anywhere. And they're like, oh, we missed our shot. Like, it just was. And it's also and a, Lowdown was a, a hit question before, of. Before they ever wanted right. to put it on a soundtrack, it was already a hit. And, and a question of if, let's say, the, the, the universe where Saturday Night Fever has Lowdown instead of staying alive, maybe it's not as big of a hit. Yeah. Like that was oh, just yeah. that disco thing took off so suddenly yeah. that it, it may, you know, it, like I said, it, it may have just been the right alchemy sure. of things because, you know, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't explain why that became so popular, but it did obviously. But I mean, removing Saturday night fever from, <laughs> from the equation, ah. looking for Mr. Goodbar is now I just want candy looking for Mr. Goodbar <laughs> was a hit. I think it yeah. got a couple of Oscar nominations. It was yeah. like a big deal film at the time. The soundtrack itself had songs. It had Don't Leave Me This Way by Thelma Houston. It had Lowdown, Love Hangover by Diana Ross. Try Me, I Know We Can Make It by Donna Summer. It had songs by uh, the OJs. Oh, it had another Donna Summer song, Bill Withers song, Commodores. So the soundtrack was... It wasn't like this throwaway album, you know, like it was a yeah. big yeah. deal soundtrack. And like we said, the film was referenced in Dare to be Stupid. So <laughs> it, it was also referenced in a Simpsons episode. And yes. I think the inspiration for Madonna's Bad Girl video. Ah. Oh, yeah. So it's right here. I'm looking at Wikipedia. I was trying to see if they were like, oh, by the way, it's also about the candy bar, but I can't find any reference <laughs> to that on Wikipedia. <laughs> Well, put it in there. That's what Wikipedia is for. So, Lido Shuffle. It was the final single from the Silk Degrees album, and it was released a year after the album was released. Whoa. The single was released February 1977 in the U.S. and April 1977 in the U.K. On the Billboard Hot 100, it went to number 11. In Canada, it went to number 5. In Australia, number 2. New Zealand, 18, and number 13 in the UK. Nice. The song was written by Boz Skaggs and David Peitch. We'll get back to him in a minute. Uh, it was inspired by a Fats Domino song, or inspired by Fats Domino. Boz Skaggs told American songwriter, quote, There was a song that Fats Domino did called The Fat Man that had kind of a driving shuffle beat that I used to play on the piano and I just started kind of singing along with it. According to a 2015 interview with Something Else, at this time Skaggs, quote, went from being a guitarist who sang toward a new musical persona as a vocalist who also played a little guitar. In the interview with something else, Skag says, quote, that sort of happened when I started working with studio musicians. It's very intimidating to me to be around the best musicians of my age, the best ones in the LA studio scene. 
So the studio musicians who played on Lido Shuffle and the Silk Degrees album were co-writer David Peich, along with Jeff Percaro and David Hungate. They would go on to be founding members of the band Toto. Yep. Whoa. Whoa. All yes, right. I, I, we've also had this conversation, I'm sure, on the show, but you, you guys know the... About Boscax. No, the origin of Toto. Yes. So right? Chevy Chase no. was... No. <laughs> So, well, guys like Jeff, guys like Jeff Picaro were studio musicians and they made a lot of money as studio musicians, but they realized that they never got money for the royalties. Right. Or the, the, I guess, right? Royalties. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, well, they basically a bunch of those guys together who were all studio musicians. They were like, well, we should form our own band so that we like, we can get the royalties for the actual like recordings and stuff. And that yeah. was the only reason Toto and a theory for a long time was the reason why they were called Toto was cause. They played with the Wizard of Boz all the time. Oh, oh. I get it. That's fun. I mean, that's not really a saying, but I get it. <laughs> but I'm saying because I were like, oh, we're, whatever, oh, we're in Boz. Like it was a, it was a, I actually don't even know if that's true, but like that's a, that's like always been a rumor. I don't know if they ever confirmed <laughs> that, but, but anyway. But I do like it. But, but that was always, that was a thing because they were like, you know. They were like, we're not getting royalties. And also they were like a totally like anonymous band because they were like, we're not rock stars. We just want to, we just want our names on the album. Right. So that we can get, actually get the money. I mean, so, call us, I don't know, call us the band. Oh, what, that's taken? No, that's oh, taken. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. Fine. Well, I guess we'll come up with something else. They also, they played in a, a big uh, Emerald house. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Touring with Boz Skaggs in support of the Silk Degrees album actually helped them realize that they could be their own band. Uh, in another go, something see? else interview, uh, Paish says, quote, I'm not sure if Toto would have happened as soon or quite in the same way without Silk Degrees. There you go. Mm -hmm. See? The B-side of Lido Shuffle was another song from Silk Degrees called We're All Alone. You may be familiar with the Boz Skaggs version of it, but you're probably more familiar with the 1977 cover by Rita Coolidge because that was a huge hit. It reached number seven on the Hot 100 and number one on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart. Oh. Side note, Rita Coolidge was married to Chris Christopherson. Our patron saint. Expanded universe. Oh, hey. man. At the 19th Annual Grammy Awards in 1977, Boz Skaggs was nominated for Album of the Year for Silk Degrees, Best R&B Vocal Performance uh, Male for Lowdown, Best Pop Vocal Performance Male for Silk Degrees, and he won Best Rhythm and Blues Song for Lowdown. Okay. Very nice. The most important thing to know about this song, because I'm sure you're wondering. Uh-huh. According to the United States Social Security Administration website, Lido is not in the top 1,000 names for any birth year <laughs> beginning with 1900. Good to know. So if you want a unique name, name a kid Lido. Yeah. The only Lido I know is a beach. It should also be noted that Boz also is not on that list. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be devastating when I have to tell my little children, Boz and Lido, that their names are not that popular. <laughs> so between 1976 and 1980, Boz Skaggs released three more albums, Down To Then Left in 1977, Middleman in 1980, and Hits! Exclamation point in 1980. Man. 
Two Wait, and eighty. Oh, one, two and two and eighty. I'm yeah. guessing well, one is a greatest hits is, album. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know if it's greatest hits, but it's definitely hits. It's hits. <laughs> Exclamation point. He didn't. Hits. He's like, I'm not overselling it. I'm not overselling <laughs> it. Look, I'm not saying they're the greatest hits. I'm just saying they are hits. They're hits. That's all. But that's all you're gonna get. They're not. They're not lowercase hits. They're not hits. Yeah. Period. They are exclamation point hits. Yeah. Are they the greatest hits? I'll leave that yeah, up to you I to mean, decide. Yeah, you decide. But I'm just saying they're hits. Look, the boss doesn't BS you. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying they're hits. I'm putting it out no there. BS they're the boss. greatest. Not no saying BS they're the best. Boss. <laughs> Turn it around. You'll see it. It says right there. It's in fine print, but it says no BS from boss. <laughs> So in addition to the hit singles from those albums, he had a hit with Look What You've Done to Me from the Urban Cowboy soundtrack in 1980. He had a busy 1980. Yeah. Man, I hope we took the next decade off. Jeez, Louise. Funny you should say that. Oh. <laughs> First of all, I will say Look What You've Done to Me is an amazing song. Mm-hmm. So after his most commercially successful period in 1980, he took an eight-year hiatus from the music business. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I mean, I, I would not blame him if he was like, guys, look, I was burned out, okay? I did a lot in 80. Yeah. I needed some time to the boss man. I needed a little boss time. All right, and that just happened to be eight years. Yeah. That's all. I was bubbling under down in Bermuda, okay? <laughs> so he told Rolling Stone, quote, I f- just felt I lost my way. It became a career, an exercise, the publicity, the fame, the trappings of all that. The music just kind of got lost to me. I wanted to take some time away, and that time away turned out to be six or seven or eight years. I just didn't feel like going back to it. The music had left me. I wasn't preoccupied as I normally am with music. Oh. So well, it's you know, interesting. I mean, again, you know. Yeah, I respect it. You know, if, if you're not feeling it, don't force it. You'll get back to it. I think he had like an 11 year period prior to massive mainstream success um, where he was a working musician. He was a successful working musician, but he didn't. As soon as the Silk Degrees album came out, he became a star. Mm -hmm. And then it became more about the fame than it did about the music. And that's when he took a step back. And not a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it um, completely engulfs them. Yeah, and they get taken over by that side of it. And he says that while he didn't regret taking the time off for music, he told Rolling Stone, "quote I regret not having continued to do shows. The fan base, the people who follow you, and the people you've spent so much time connecting with are really important. And when you go away from it, you break the deal somehow. When I wanted to come back and wanted to play live again, there was a lot of rebuilding to do." So that's also that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Without being out there on the road and doing shows, you kind of lose that connection with an audience, especially totally. if you're not releasing new music during that time. Uh, he returned to music in 1988 with his Other Roads album. A story about that album, I think, best sums up Boz and his relationship to music. When he turned in the finished album to the record company, uh, he told Rolling Stone that he, quote, was shocked to hear that the president of the company at the time didn't hear any hits and he wanted me to record some more. He went on to say, quote, hits are not what we're doing this for, but I did that and that was my last record for that company. I like the idea of hits is not what we're doing this for. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> really like, cool. Nope, I'm sure. doing my thing. He's a working I'm musician. Boss. Yep. You know, he do- he's not 
there's just something very cool about like he's doing the music yeah. he's making music he's not yeah he wants to do it on his own terms chart success stardom i don't know yeah. there's just something very cool about that i like i like the idea of like bob sitting down in an executive's office Executive is like, I don't hear any hits on this. And Baj just stands back up and as he goes out the door, he'll be like, see you in eight years, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> or he wow, goes, you... or he goes, he, the, the guy says, I don't hear any hits. And Baj goes, neither do I. Put it yeah. out. <laughs> Perhaps you're not familiar with my 1980 album, Hits! Exclamation <laughs> Point. That was all hits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only doing one of those. <laughs> so as an epilogue, um, Dan, you mentioned in the first part, uh, the whole Yacht Rock connection on being considered Yacht Rock. Mm. He told Rolling Stone, quote, I don't like it at all. <laughs> the image of it is just pretty corny. I don't hate the association with the people you mentioned and others. That's cool. And that style borrowed elements of progressive music and jazz. It was explored with integrity at the time, but I just hate the phrase Yacht Rock. I hate being put into a bag or categorized in that way. I just wish they would change the name of it. I mean, that's fair, but yeah. I, I, I don't think it's an insult. I think it's... I don't think it is, but I think it's what we were talking about before. The idea of liking it ironically, almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's fine. Like what he says, the music was explored with integrity. And I think that's, that's what's yeah, kind of lost yeah, yeah. on it. The music itself, the idea, the idea surrounding it, the idea of Yacht Rock is funny, but the music itself is legitimately good music. When you put it into that category of Yacht Rock, that's sort of a funny idea. Mm -hmm. But the music is really, really good. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Hi, guys. We're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from Lido Shuffle? Well, I learned one thing from this episode, and I learned one thing from the song. The thing I learned from this episode is that Lido Shuffle is not a song about a dance that you do on the pool deck of a cruise ship. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> because for Good the longest time, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I mean, do you, think they, do you think they do this on cruise ships? They play this song and they're like, come on, everybody, let's get up. Yes, yeah, do, do the, the Lido, Lido Shuffle. shuffle. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 we should make up a Lido Shuffle. Let's do it. Sell it to Norwegian cruise lines. <laughs> Sell it. Yeah, because that's what, yeah. Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I come up with freelance. Uh, uh, I, I freelance. I yeah, I come up with line dances for cruise ships and I sell it around. Um, it's pretty make lucrative. A lot of, eh, I made $75 last year. So, you know, it's not nothing. <laughs> do they give you free cruises? They do not give us free cruises. I, no, no. In fact, I'm banned for most cruise ships. But when but you that, get on the cruise ship, you can go to that buffet for free. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Of course. But so can everybody else. Get right on there. Mm. But they, uh, yeah. Can you do the Lido shuffle in like the dance club on the, on the cruise ship? No. No, you cannot. You cannot. It has to be no. on the Lido deck. It has to be on the Lido deck. You do it deck. by the pool. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, the other, the thing I learned from the song mm -hmm. is that when you retire from your life of crime, open a copy shop because mm -hmm. that's where the real money is. 
And when you open that copy shop, you're going to want to stock up on the uh, Canary because that's going to go fast. Michael's going to show staples and run for their money. Uh, all right. Well, if you specialize in, in flyers with uh, rules and regulations regarding gambling, I think you, you could have your own specific corner of the market. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I learned. Uh, if you're going on a road trip, right, you want to get out early, you don't have to stop for things. Because the more you stop, like the time just adds up. You know what I'm talking about? So make sure you got your coffee. Make sure you've gone to the bathroom. Make sure you have all the directions that you need. Make sure you've robbed every bar that you were planning to rob. Mm -hmm. So before you get on the road, <laughs> yes. you don't, because you never know what you're going to run into. No. You might be like, oh, don't worry. We'll find a bar uh, to rob on the road. Well, and then and next thing you're driving, you're like, we've been driving for two hours. I haven't seen a bar. Well, we haven't robbed a bar yet. Like, what yep. are we going to do? So what are you gonna make rob? sure, do it the night before. While you're gassing up the car, <laughs> rob a bar. 100%. And then, and then be ready. You can get up early at 5 a.m. You can get... You can get over the, the throg's neck before most people are even awake. So mm -hmm. it's really, it's, it's what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, what'd you learn? It's just pre-planning. <laughs> Absolutely. What'd uh, you learn? You know, what I learned is that if you are at a, like a, uh, like a back room poker game or like a speakeasy or something like that, mm -hmm. and you get raided by the cops. What you want to do is you want to find the nearest overhead light and you want to start swinging it because the moment it starts swinging, the cops can't do anything yeah, because the true. regulation is that if there is a swinging light, yeah. that's legal gambling. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they just have to say, so sorry. Mm -hmm. This is out of our jurisdiction now. And if you're in the South, they're going to take their cowboy hat off and they're going to throw it down <laughs> and stomp and on stomp it, stomp out. And if you're in Chicago, they're going to like look at you with a stern look and they'll be like, you got us this time. Yeah. But you better watch yourselves <laughs> and they'll shake their nightstick at you and they'll walk out. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll so sarcastically say, have a good evening. As yep. they tip their cap. As they tip their cap with the nightstick. Yeah. With a little nightstick. Yep. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And they are required to do that by law. By law. You guys, by they have to. Law. Yeah. It's if on the flyer. It's on the flyer. If they don't sarcastically say goodnight and then tip their hat by pushing the brim up with their nightstick, they go to jail. Yeah. That is that is the law. Yeah. So watch them. It's like if you don't get a receipt, you get a coupon for $10 next time. It's the same thing. <laughs> same dip. <laughs> they, they hand out a little card saying if we don't sarcastically say goodnight and tip our hat with our nightstick. Uh, you get one free me in jail for a year. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Story Song Podcast. If you could follow us on the socials, like Instagram, X, and Facebook, <laughs> uh, we would certainly appreciate it. And if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast, we would certainly appreciate it, and we will read it on the show. Come back next episode for another great Story Song. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music 
was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Oh, man, that doesn't happen until three minutes and 41 seconds of this f-ing video. There's like a, <laughs> like a two-minute sketch oh before the song God, starts. It's so funny. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.